for someone who never experiences that kind of heat because he's always behind the wheel with an air conditioner blowing on his face is with us now. <laughs> Ernest Page of changecars.co.za. At least I really hope for your sake the aircon was working today. Oh, yes, indeed. My colleagues and I were all commenting on how the, the aircon and the seat coolers were bliss this week because okay. uh, it was much needed. And and, yeah. and you're right. Uh, I mean, John Matham's always right, but he is specifically right about the fact that these car... Uh, um, Temperature gauges aren't necessarily accurate because if I jump from one car into the next, then they often differ. So yeah. I'm glad someone was willing to uh, take the hit for all of us and endure 40 odd degrees in the shade in uh, in, in the, with that little test of this. You know what? We always complain about our studios being so cold that they feel like fridges, but on a day like today, we'll take it. Oh, Thank yeah. you very, very much. Now, Ernest, speaking of air conditioners and seat coolers, that all sounds like a very fancy car. And so it should. You've been uh, checking out the new BMW electric model, I believe. Yes, I have. So BMW have just launched their electric uh, i5, but more importantly, they've launched the 5 Series. And the 5 Series is a very important car for BMW. It's their business uh, sort of sedan car. And although sedans aren't that popular in South Africa anymore, it's still an important car for them. So, um, and, and historically, the 5 Series it's always been a dependable sort of big, large saloon. It's not going to be too crazy in certain ways. It's always going to be reliable. Yes, you will probably take a depreciation hit because it's a big saloon, but it's it's been a similar formula over and over. But they have changed it up a little bit this time. And the cars that they're launching, at first they're launching the 520D, which Funny enough, it was my favorite of the lot. Yep. Very economical, um, fun to drive, surprisingly. Uh, and it feels just like the electric one. Okay. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I did enjoy the 520 diesel quite a lot because in South Africa, we don't have the same diesel issues that the rest of the world is going through. So I still think in South Africa, diesel cars are um, the way to go in certain spaces and places. And it was very smart of BMW to bring that car in here because imagine if you're an executive sales rep, the company needs to save fuel, but at the same time, put you in a good enough car if you're going to go see the beers or whatever, yeah. one of your big expensive clients. So I do quite like the fact that um, they brought in the 520D, but the electric one is the one that was grabbing the most attention. Mm-hmm. And that is the M60X drive, which is an incredibly fast machine. Uh, it's got... For over 442 kilowatts, which is stupendous amounts of power, uh, a lot of torque. The torque is about 820 newton meters. But the features on the car are quite interesting to me. Yeah. The, the one that stands out the most is when you indicate you can turn your head and the car sees you <laughs> checking your blind spot. Stop, stop, and stop. And then... Ernest, yeah. you're talking about a BMW when you indicate, he says. Oh, yes. Such conviction no, that they the... ever use their indicators. Exactly. So they are now forcing <laughs> BMW owners to use the indicator. Bravo. Otherwise okay. the car... Yeah. Sorry Otherwise to interrupt. the car doesn't want to turn. No, no, Please no. explain. You, I actually... I, I glossed over that one there for a second, but you're right. They don't use the indicator, so now they're being forced. So BMW, when you use the indicator and it's on autopilot drive mode and you look to the right-hand side, the car will then steer itself to the... Um, the, the lane next door and do the overtaking maneuver for you, so to speak. So you can shift from slow lane to fast lane very gimmicky i could barely get it to work but it is kind of cool in the sense that the automated driving technology is just getting better and better and better explain that again for me so the car once you've put the indicator on the car does what Mm, for you you, 
So you're in cruise control, right? Yeah. Your hands are off the, oh, your hands are on the steering wheel. In certain countries, your hands can be off the steering wheel the entire time on the highway. So let's say you're cruising down the highway and you, the car's driving itself at the moment. It slows down, it speeds up all on its own based on the radar system and it detects the cars around it. Now there's a car in front of me and I want to overtake that car. All I need to do is hit the indicator look to my right hand side to overtake and then the car will execute the move for me does that make sense i'm stunned into silence (laughs) (laughs) i know so So i tried to do it on video and i made a fool of myself because it didn't want to work but um, (laughs) it does work occasionally and i think maybe i just wasn't doing it properly but it's interesting i think it's it's just, you know, when new technology moves forward, there's always the beta version of the new thing. Mm-hmm. And this to me is just an indication that these autonomous driving cars are just getting better and better and smarter and smoother. Because this car, when it comes to highway cruising in automatic mode where the car drives itself, it's really, really uh, smart and good at that. It doesn't herky-jerky, slow down, hit the brakes suddenly or anything like that. So that was one of the interesting things for me. The other stuff is that, Everything is electronic now. And like with most cars, they've they've gotten rid of a lot of buttons. But BMW, at least, unlike, I think, Range Rover, they've been smart about the buttons they've taken away and left some of the buttons that people want there, like volume knobs and things like mm-hmm. air conditioning uh, buttons, etc. So I think it's a very electronic car, but it does seem to me like with even with the resistance that we're all putting up, this is just the way things are going now. Cars are getting much more electronic and they're taking as many buttons away from us as they can, but they are still leaving the indicator stalk for the BMW driver. <laughs> Just so you can pretend you use them once in a while. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. what's all of this going to cost us, Ernest? So you're looking at a, a starting price on the 520D, which is the entry-level one at the moment of 1.2. It is in line with its competitors. So you're looking at about 90,000 and more than the equivalent Mercedes. And I think this one comes with a bit more spec than the Merc. The Merc, you, you have to spend quite a bit of money to get that one up to spec. So I do think it's on par with its competitors at the moment. Okay. And with, for a car like this, I think certain companies would look into something like this purely from a cost-saving perspective based on fuel. I was getting as low as five liters per hundred while driving around yesterday. So it's very, very economical. So that's definitely something to look at if you're shopping for a diesel saloon. And my favorite one was the C200D. So this plays very much in that same space as the Mercedes C200D. The top spec one that I drove now is the uh, X-Drive, which goes for 2.19 million, so 2.2 million. And then there is the middle of the range one, which will come at 1.8. Now, as always asked, does this electric car come with a charger? And it is included in the price. So you get the wall box and the installation and it's included in the price. Must be nice to be you some days. Thank you very much (laughs) for the feedback on a car (laughs) that I'll never be able to afford. But um, maybe one day you'll take me for a spin in one. I, I, I need to make that happen. Our, our schedules have collided recently, but not lined up. But we do need to make that happen. And uh, one last thing, BMW fittingly put us up at the uh, Table Bay Hotel. So I literally commented that last night. So this is what the other side looks like. Must be nice. Must be nice indeed. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback there on the new 5 Series. With that, we will open the lines. If you've got a motoring question hmm. for Ernest, please give us a call on 021 or pop a WhatsApp through to 072 
0614-104-1567. Ernest, last week we had a question come in uh, from one of our listeners. It's it's a question we get usually at around about this time of year, almost every single year. What is a good first car, preferably secondhand, to get for a new driver? And I say, you know, this time of year people are going off to Varsity for the first time ever. Some of them are lucky mm. enough to be doing that on their own wheels. Uh, before we talk about actual yeah. models, maybe let's talk a little bit about what would be the yeah. key considerations to think about. I think what we can do is maybe split this up um, yeah. and we can talk about models, specific models next time. And, and again, we can do current research like we did before, because I think you're right, we do this every year. Yeah. So uh, we can do current research like before and find the current best cars for uh, someone buying their first car. But the number one top priority is what is the budget? How much are we willing to spend? Because believe me, and I think everybody can attest to this, you say the budget's 150, but you end up spending 180. So I think the establishing the budget is probably the most important uh, and first step. And then obviously that ties in with what can be afforded. So are we going to buy new or used? Um, then how much research have we done on the cars that now that we've got the budget, we need to do the research uh, process. Yeah. How much research are we going to put in and how many cars are we going to shortlist? I usually prefer a shortlist of about five cars. So five specific cars that I, I'm interested in and then shortlist that down after test driving them to about one or two. So now that you've test driven all of them, you realize, you know what? I love the Polo. Now I've got to find the best Polo for my money. Mm-hmm. So it's that case of finding the best reliable version, um, checking the car thoroughly, what are my finance options, make sure that the car's uh, in good condition, have it inspected so that it's not accident damage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then the other things that ties, that this is just general sort of uh, car buying advice, but the thing that ties in for me most for first time buyers is safety. Yeah. The car at the bare minimum must have two airbags and ABS, I think. Mm-hmm. You could buy a City Golf. I mean, those days of buying a City Golf for the first car are kind of gone now, aren't they? Yeah. Because we all know that it had no ABS, it had no airbags. So if you're sending someone off to college or, or university, I would, I would, if you can, if possible, Try and find something with an airbag and ABS at the very minimum, ideally also stability control. Sorry about the little interruption there. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Then uh, I think all of us, and I just saw this today, Pippa. Oh, it was horrible. This lady was pulling into the parking area at the at the hotel and she just went straight over the pavement. She wasn't paying attention like we often always do. And she just went straight over this pavement, which I must admit was in a terrible spot. So if you're a first-time driver, it does happen. You are going to curb your car. You're going to damage your wheel. So don't get something with big, low-profile tires. Try and rather get something that if it does get damaged, it's easily fixed. And it's probably got hubcaps or something like that, not really expensive alloys on the car. Yes, that's a perk that some manufacturers try and sell you on, but sometimes it's not the best option. I prefer high-profile, smaller wheels on a a first-timer's car so that when they do clip something or bump into something, it's not the end of the world. Good, good advice. And I say that as somebody who has had those kind of accidents more than I should have had, um, even as an experienced mm, driver. Same. Okay, so a high profile, smaller size uh, tire. And um, okay, so yeah. we'll look to the specific models then as a follow on next week. Thank you uh, so much. Yeah. Um, I've already had a message from one person saying we got as a first car for our boys a Kia Picanto. They can't go too fast. Yeah. It's got good fuel economy, steering wheel controls, Bluetooth, ABS and airbags 
as well as a full size spare, spare uh, and the spare parts are available. Nice. They are finding very, very happy with that decision of the Kia Picanto in their household. So great. There, was, there were a few very good points there. Yep. Uh, it's not fast. Um, the the technology is there that the young folks want. They want the Android, Apple CarPlay, whatever. Yeah. So and also it's easy to fix and it's cheap to run. Yeah. It's got a full size spare. Those are all really really good tips as well that we can also chuck on the list. Okay, so we will give you model specific feedback next week as a follow on to that uh, one. And if you've recently made that kind of purchase yourself and want to recommend a model or tell us why you chose that particular car uh, for the spec of a brand new driver, please pop through an email to me on Pippa H at capetalk.co.za or send a WhatsApp to 0725671567. Ernest, we have to leave it there for now, but look forward to continuing mm. that conversation next week, Wednesday. I look forward to it too. Chat there. Keep well and drive safely in the meantime, please. Ernest Page of changecars.co.za.